Welcome back to Resolve. We all encounter difficult issues at times. Life can get tough and it may seem impossible. But no matter what and through it all, Jesus Christ is the answer. And through Him we can rise up and be more than conquerors. Today's message asks, Are you born again? We examine John chapter 3, verse 16, very carefully as we understand what salvation is and why you must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. That's coming up next on Resolved. Now let's join Pastor Tom Porter. If you would, open to your Bibles this morning to a very familiar passage, John chapter 3. John and chapter 3. <clears throat> Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, today is uh, an exciting day for uh, us today because this is the day that we have set aside, you have set aside for us to come and to worship you. And Father, your word will be read today, and I pray that it will not fall on deaf ears. I thank you for speaking to my heart through my ears and my brain, and and, uh, Lord, speaking to my soul uh, with this message. And God, I pray that if there's anyone in this room that does not know for sure that they're going to heaven when they die, that God, the Holy Spirit, would hammer that into their, uh, their very being and help them to reach out and accept Jesus, the one and the only, for their salvation. In Jesus' name we pray, and thank you so very much. Amen. We're walking on familiar ground this morning uh, in this verse, and this is without a doubt the most familiar, beloved verse in the whole Bible. Luther called John 3.16 the gospel in miniature. No matter what denomination, no matter what church group, if you grew up in church as a child in Sunday school, I dare say you memorized this passage of Scripture. So I'm going to read it out loud, and I wish you would repeat or or read it with me in your mind's eye or just look at it there. It's right in front of you at John 3.16. Let's read that together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. What is here the setting for this verse? It was spoken to a man by the name of Nicodemus. And let's look at verses 1 through 3 for context here. The Bible says there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night, and saith unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Though Nicodemus was a religious man, He was a member of the Sanhedrin. He was a Pharisee. He knew all the five books, the first five books, the Pentateuch. He knew them by memory. He was a very religious man. You know, it was Jesus that cried out, and John the Baptist as well, that cried out against the uh, Pharisees. Why? Because of their hypocrisy. They were very hypocritical. They um, They were false. You see, it was a religious crowd that took our Jesus that said, I want Jesus to go to the cross, crucify him. That was the religious crowd. Religion is man-made. Christianity is of Christ. 
Do you believe that this morning? A Pharisee. He was searching and he thought Jesus would have some answers. I said he was very religious. You know, very religious people need to come to Jesus as well. There's a lot of people that think they're so religious, but they do not know Jesus as Savior. I went on visitation one time, and this dear lady was uh, been coming to our senior adult ministry for many a year. And uh, I went to her, and she was of an, another denomination. And um, and uh, I, I, I said uh, hello and was greeting her. And, and finally, she looked at me, and she said, where do you Baptists get off saying born again? I thought, hallelujah, what a walk-in is this one going to be? She just opened the door wide open for me. And I said, well, it, it, you know what, ma'am? Jesus said, ye must be born again. Oh, really? Just before she asked that question, she went into her library and brought out a book. She's in the who's who of Sunday school teachers. Have you ever got one of those notices? You know, we want to put you in the who's who, all that. That's, let me tell you something. You know, that might bolster your ego a little bit. Think, wow, I'm really somebody. I'm in a book. That is, you paid for that book. Duh. All right. And that's just a scam to sell a bunch of books. You're in the who's who of whatever, all right? And she was saying that she's in the who's who of her denomination's Sunday school. She taught Sunday school for 20-plus years. Where do you all get off saying, born again, Christian? Jesus said, you must be born again. He came to Jesus by night, and that's probably because he didn't want the other Pharisees to see him coming and talking to this Jesus. Like Nicodemus, we must all examine Jesus for ourselves. Others cannot do it for us. And Jesus told him the same thing. You must be born again. So that's the setting of this marvelous, this most precious verse in the Bible, John 3.16. Jesus told Nicodemus what he did in John 3.16 so that Nicodemus could know how to be born into God's family, how to see the kingdom of God to have his sins forgiven. But let me ask you the question, what if John 3.16 were not true? What if John 3.16 were not true? John Lennon of the Beatles wrote a song entitled Imagine. Imagine there's no heaven. Imagine there's no hell. Imagine there's no church. Very ungodly song. So let's, for a moment, imagine. That John 3.16 does not exist. For the verse begins, For God so loved the world. And without God's love, there would be no hope at all in this world without the love of God. A dear godly lady one time came to me and she said, she said, Tom, would you, would you please go? I, I've got a, a friend of mine and his wife has just died and he's sitting home alone, despondent. He doesn't know Jesus as his savior. Would you mind going and, and, and just talk to him? She gave me the address. And when I got to the, to the street address, I noticed it was Harris Street. And I noticed that his name was Harris. Well, the reason why it was called Harris Street because he was the only house on that street. I imagine it was a, a flag lot type thing. And, and so I drove all the way back to the end. There's enough was his house. And, and I went in, I knocked on the door and his housekeeper came and invited me in. I told her, I, you know, I, I don't know Mr. Harris, but I was asked to come by. I understand his wife had died and went in the house and the housekeeper carried on with her duties. And 
Mr. Harris sat there and just a short, stocky man, probably in his mid-70s. And, and, and I said, sir, you don't know me from Adam's cat. But I'm, I'm here because of a friend, a mutual friend. Oh, yes, I know her. And she told me that your wife just died. Oh, yes, she did. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And then I asked him if I could read to him from the Scripture. And he said, well, if you want to. He was very despondent. His countenance was one of no hope. And I said, started reading. And reading verses like, you know, uh, 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 O grave, where is thy, uh, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? And started reading a little bit more, and he said, young man, I appreciate what you're trying to do, but there's no hope. There's no hope. I said, God, I said, sir, do you know that God loves you? Then why did my wife have to die? As I talked to him, and I, want, I said, let the word of God speak to your heart. And he said, you know what? He said, I, you might as well leave. There's no hope. And so I shook his hand. I said, can I pray for you? He said, no. No hope. And within just a few days, I don't remember exactly how many days. It was less than a week. A man by all physical appearances, looked like he was well. I'll tell you, he died. Why? He died because he had no hope. You know, our hope is in nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. A man or woman will die without hope. John Lennon can write all the words he wanted to write. But there is no God, but I'm here to tell you there is a God. Imagine there's no love. The Bible says, for God so loved the world. God so loved the world. So just think for a moment, if God had not loved the world and sent the living Savior, think of a whole world in hopelessness and despair with no hope beyond this life. But praise be to God. I want to tell you this morning that God does love the world. Everything speaks of God's humanity, uh, love to humanity. Every sunrise, every sunset, every fountain of water, every birth, the face of every child, all speak of and evidence of the love of God. But the greatest demonstration of God's love is the cross, which makes me think, Secondly, what if God had not given his son? The next part of that verse goes on to say that he gave his only begotten son. What if instead of God giving us his son, he gave us what we deserve just to go to hell? You see, if God loved the world but had not given his son, we would never be able to know and experience that love. God's love would be empty without the cross of Calvary. You see, real love always demands giving. When a man marries a woman, when, when he gives himself to his wife and his children, it, it's, it's evident in his giving. It's evident in his sacrifice. 
He might want a new boat. He might want a new set of golf clubs, but the kids need something. The wife needs something. And he's more, he's more concerned about that. Love is giving for God. So loved the world that he gave. Why does he spend uh, all that time with his wife and children? And, And he's got multitude of distractions because he can talk love with his lips. But unless there is giving, unless there is sacrifice, it's just empty words. A woman marries and gives herself to her family. And why does she wash loads of clothes and pick up dirty socks and the same old dirty underwear week after week? Because beating in her bosom is a love for her husband and her family that manifests that love through sacrifice and through giving Why does she sit on a bed with a three-year-old son who's got a high fever and she sits there and, and, and cools his head with a, with a cloth and, and prays for him and maybe sings songs to him? Why does she do that? Because she loves that boy and she's willing to give of herself to her children, to her husband. And God showed his love to us by giving his most treasured possession. Romans 5, 8 says, but God commendeth his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Praise God. God did did send his son to die on the cross for our sins. God did give us his son. And apart from there, there is no salvation. Without sending his son, there would be no eternal life. There'd be no hope in this world. Life would be meaningless. The heathen who say that the chief end in life is pleasure would be right. He would say, eat, drink, and be merry because after the grave, there's nothing. All that would be true if God did not send his son to die for our sins. Praise God he did. Thirdly, what if God offer of salvation was not for the whosoevers. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever. Aren't you glad today that God not selected, that God didn't say, well, all the wealthy, they'll get to heaven. Those of you that are broke five days before payday, too bad. You ain't going to get to heaven. Thank God, God did say, all those that are physically fit, you're going to go to heaven. Mm. That wonderful word, whosoever. Not, it's not only the wealthy, not only the healthy, not only the educated. Some would never make it to heaven because they haven't had some opportunities as others. I remember getting an F on a report one time and I went to my teacher and I said, you know, man, I don't think I deserve this F. He said, brother Porter, I don't think you do either, but it's the lowest grade I'm allowed to give you. (laughs) That's humbling. What if salvation was offered only to the good? Then none of us would have a hope of ever seeing Jesus because the Bible tells us there is none good. No, not one. Who can be saved? Whosoever. But you don't know my sin, Pastor. No, I don't. I don't really care. I care that you're hurting, but you need to tell your sins to Jesus. 
And Jesus cares. Jesus can do something about your sins. I don't mean to say I don't care. I mean to say I can't do anything about it. But I can take you to the one that can. His name is Jesus Christ. In fact, listen again to a verse I read a few moments ago in Romans 5.8. But God commended his love. That means he showed or he demonstrated his love towards us. Now listen to these two words. In that. In that. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God doesn't say you've got to get better before I get you saved. God doesn't say you've got to reform your life, that you've got to go through a catechism. You've got to go through years of Sunday school. You've got to get all this training, all this education before I save you. No. You've got you've to quit your doing this and quit your doing that. No. In that, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God doesn't save us after we get rid of our sin. He saves us in our sin just as we are. God doesn't save us once we clean up our lives. And perhaps you know somebody. Right now, and you're saying, you know, there's somebody I know that's dealing with that. And they said, well, I got to get better before I can get saved. I got to get better before I can go to church. Man, please tell them, show them that verse, Romans 5 8. Listen to this message this morning. Apply it to your life if you're not saved and get saved. And if you are saved, go out this week and share this verse. The gospel in one verse. Whosoever. Are you here this morning with a burden of sin? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him, that's you, should not perish but have everlasting life. Are you here loaded down with sin and do you see yourself helplessly lost in your sins? I've got good news for you. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him, that's you, should not perish, spend an eternity in hell. Be separated from God for all eternity, but have everlasting life. I'd like you to picture with me three very common scenarios today. Scenario number one. Picture with me all those trying to get to God through good works. And, and I hear that, I hear that often, don't you? How do you get to heaven? Well, you you just do the best you can. Be honest and upright and you know, on my honor, I'll do my best to do my duty to God and my country, you know, and I'll be a Boy Scout, I'll be a Girl Scout, I'll, I'll just do the best I can. Treat people fair. That's all admirable, but that is not salvation. That is not salvation. People who are sincere, they're sincerely wrong. They're sincere about it, but they're sincerely wrong, working and trying their best to do good. And Ephesians 8 through 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. People everywhere trying to earn salvation by obeying God's laws. Please see that that does not save you. The law was given to us to show us that we're in need of a Savior. You ever gotten a speeding ticket? How many of you ever got a speeding ticket? Raise your hand. Confession is good for the soul. Man, some of you raising two hands. Yeah, three, four, four hands. He's going like this. Yeah. 
It's to show us that we're lawbreakers. We, we break, we've broken God's laws. And Bible says that God gave us the law to teach us that we are sinners, to show us that we're sinners. If there were no speed limits, no problem. Everybody just drive as fast as they want to. Here's another scenario. Picture people in, 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 a, in a vain effort to get to heaven through religion. They're trusting in certain churches or certain denominations or, or a faith group or, or trusting in certain religious rites such as baptism, confession. How do you get to heaven? Well, I was baptized back when. Mm, it's not what I said. How do you get to heaven? Well, I was baptized. Baptism has nothing to do with our salvation. And we go to that moment that we say, why don't we just say, because I realized that I was a sinner and I realized I was drowning in my sins and I needed Jesus Christ to forgive me of my sins. And so I invited him to come into my life and to save me. And by the grace of God, Brother Porter, I'm going to heaven, not from anything that I've done, but Jesus paid it all on Calvary's cross. He shed his blood for me and I've invited him into my life. That is so simple. That is so basic, dear people. But there are people in this room that still haven't gotten it. And there are people outside these walls that still haven't gotten it. Salvation is through Jesus Christ, plus nothing and minus nothing. We cannot earn our way to heaven. You can be baptized till every tadpole and fish knows you by your first name. You're not going to heaven. Third scenario, but now picture this final scenario, which may surprise you, a dying thief on one of the three crosses of Calvary. <coughs> on the cross in the middle is Jesus Christ, who knew no sin, the Bible says. He was a lamb without spot, without blemish. He was perfect. He never sinned. Yet he hung on the cross between two thieves that justly deserved to be crucified. And you recall, at first they both ridiculed Christ, but then later on it came, it hit that second guy, that one guy. And he said to, to Jesus, he said, he said to him, rememberest thou me when you enter into paradise? And Jesus said, surely this day thou shalt be with me in paradise. Now it is, he was not just some one-time lawbreaker, that thief. Neither one of them were. Crucifixion was not for a, a, um, a minor offense. Crucifixion was for somebody that, that, um, that was habitual, that was, you could not reform, that was somebody that there was, you know, by the law standards, uh, by the Roman standards, there's no hope. Crucifying. And so this guy was not just some, uh, you know, didn't steal a candy bar from the convenience store. And Jesus says, surely this day thou shalt be with me in paradise, Luke 23, 43. The thief was given the promise of eternal life with Jesus on the basis of only one thing, faith in Jesus Christ, who paid his sin penalty in his place. They did not take him, snatch him off the cross, take him down and have him baptized and go through some rite in order for him to get to heaven. He died. The other thief did not accept Christ. He died too. 
One went to hell. One went to heaven. Oftentimes at a funeral, I feel folks are somewhat taken aback when I say that the deceased is in heaven. And why is that? It's because none of us are perfect. And I'll say that, and, and I, sometimes I'll see, I'll see friends kind of go, hmm. you mean Betty went to heaven? Huh? You mean Frank went to heaven? Are you kidding me? You see, it's our family, it's our friends that know us. They know all about us. Why is it the preacher's called to go witness to a family member or go witness to a, to a loved one? Because that loved one being witnessed to by a family member said, well, you know, you're just as bad as I am. And then I tell the congregation at a funeral, I tell them, you know what? Betty wasn't perfect, Fred wasn't perfect, and neither are you and neither am I. There's none good, no, not one. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But let me tell you about a day when Betty or when Frank, maybe it's told to me by Betty or Frank, maybe it's told to me by a loved one, maybe a, a husband, maybe a wife, and would say to me, you know, I talked to my wife and she told me one day we went to a church, maybe she talked to a neighbor about Christ and she got down on her on the side of her bed, and she prayed, and she accepted Christ as her Savior. She invited Jesus into her life to save her from her sins. Here's that thief. He wasn't just a, 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 a little bitty mammy-pamby thief, but he went to heaven. My salvation is not in what we have, I have done. It's in what Jesus Christ has done on Calvary's cross for us. And my question for you is this. Have you put, have you put your faith wholly in the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you ever, like the thief on the cross, called out to Jesus and said, Lord, I have no works to offer. I have no religion, religious acts to give to you that would ever turn away my, my wrath from sin. But by faith, I ask you, remember me. Remember me, Jesus. By faith, Jesus, I lay hold on eternal life, which you and you alone freely offered by your grace. I urge you to cry out to God today for salvation. Don't try to clean up your sin first. Just trust Jesus to save you from your sin. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Tom Porter of Temple Baptist Church in Titusville, Florida. I would like to thank you for joining me in this podcast and bringing the good news that Jesus Christ is the risen Savior. There is no problem too big and no blessing too small when Jesus is the Lord of our lives. I would like to ask you a question. When you die, where will you spend eternity? Will you spend it with Jesus forever or be eternally separated from Him? You know, the Bible says, Whosoever calleth upon the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved from their sins. You know, it's God's desire for you to have faith in His Son, Jesus Christ. Your sins have separated you from God. You must admit to God that you're a sinner and ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins. Jesus bridges that gap between you on this earth and heaven. Will you accept Jesus as your personal Savior today? It's easier than you think. 
You can pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I admit to you that I'm a sinner. I realize that you paid the penalty for my sins on the cross, and I want to receive you into my life right now. Save me from my sins. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you just prayed that prayer with me, then you've been born into the family of God. Thanks for listening. Resolved is a production of Temple Baptist Church, Titusville, Florida, USA. For notes on this message and others, you can find them at resolved.podbean.com. If you wish to send us a question or comment, you can email us at resolved.tbc at gmail.com. We are also on Twitter at Resolved Podcast. If you're ever in our area, we hope that you'll come by and see us. Remember, Jesus is Lord. Take care and God bless you.